0: Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Your Ben Jarofsky show, oh, what a week it was. Run, Pritzker, Run, is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and the Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, and what to smoke. It's true. Chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarovsky, by the way. Check that out if you want to become a binhead. Chicagoreader.com. Subscribe. Chicagoreader forward slash Jarofsky. It is Friday, July 23rd. And welcome to the Ben Jarofsky Show's, oh what a week it was, run, Pritzker, run! And now your host, Chicago Reader Columnist Ben Jarofsky.
1: Yeah, hello everybody, Ben Jarofsky here, we're calling, this. wish I wrote it Friday, and here's why. Because I wish I wrote it, that's why, I just want to give a shout out to Joan, a good friend of the show, and a regular listener who has her own blog, and uh, Joan This one was really good. I read it. It has to do with all the rich guys flying up in the space. So I figured, D, I would just, uh, at the start of, uh, oh, what a week it was, read it. uh, And basically say, wish I wrote it. You ever read something, D, where you go, ah, dang, I wish I wrote that. All the time. Yeah, I know. (laughs) All the time. (laughs) All the time. And uh, so sometimes I'm tempted just to steal it and not give the person any credit. But, John, I cannot do that. All right. So uh, it's called No Escape is this essay. Uh, She's mocking the rich uh, guys who uh, have enough money to buy a spaceship that sends them up to space and sends them down, although I got a feeling that we, the taxpayers, are paying for this on some end of the deal. Anyway, here's what she writes. The Space Boys rockets are taking off at a time of terrible earthbound peril, floods, drought, heat, virus, variants. We're having a tantrum because the old mantra of new worlds to conquer exposes our refusal to live in nature as it is. Not what we demanded to be. Good job, Joan. Wish I had said it. And now I did my duty, Joan. I gave you credit. Now I'm just going to steal and use it all the time. You know, as I was saying. Oh, he does this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was thinking. Uh, anyway, no, I won't do that, sort of. Anyway, without further ado, the man, Mitt, the legend, who has put together a great assemblage of news items for the past week. And he told me what the news items are, folks. And he told me this at about 1130 this morning. And I have a confession to make. I've completely forgotten. I, I did a whole interview in between then. And I just like my mind is on other things. So this is called Winging It Friday. <laughs> oh, what a week it was. Take it away, Dr. D. Thank
0: you very much. Joan, that was awesome. Wait, Joan, that was awesome. There we go. <laughs> By the way, uh, you mentioned that interview.
1: Here's a tease. Tell everybody about that interview you just had It was David Ferris uh, Good friend of the show By the way, and, he, and you got a shout out in the interview uh, oh. Dennis yeah, Dennis no longer does the uh, As I've said many times The um, weekend interviews Got that second job that's making so much money uh, Pretty soon he will be sponsoring The Ben Jarofsky Show The Ben Jarofsky yeah. Show brought to you by Dr. D You're welcome uh, <laughs> uh, yes, we would be boss man D in those days. Uh, but anyway, so uh, DJ Nate does the uh, weekend bonus uh, interview. So we did an interview with uh, David Ferris, and he was just, you know, our, one of our favorite guests at Roosevelt University, political science professor. And um, he was going on this incredible riff about Joe Biden. And we and we were trying to uh, <laughs> figure out, was Joe Biden, uh, is there a, like a plan to what he's doing? Uh, Or is he demented? Okay. That was kind of our choice. And so he just started from memory reciting. He goes, that bit you used to play on your show. (laughs) Used to. Yeah. I go, let me just say, you haven't been listening to the daytime show? uh, (laughs) Because we still play it. Uh, many, many times. Anyway, so uh, David Ferris, he was really in rare form, folks. That'll drop Saturday. I urge everybody to check it out. Mary Wisniewski uh, was with us as well. That'll drop Sunday. She's the former Chicago Tribune uh, transportation writer talking about, uh, oh my God, our car culture. Fascinating conversation and a conversation that is yet, not yet taking place, but will take place. Old friend of the show, Joanna Klotz, will be returning uh, to talk about the latest people misbehaving, including uh-oh. Including, Uh-oh. yes, uh, ESPN and how they handled uh, the whole situation with Rachel uh, versus Maria, Maria Taylor, and Rachel Nichols. So, uh, and we're probably getting a little Black Hawk talk as well. Black, Hawks Black Hawk, Black Hawk
0: talk. Watch yeah. out.
1: <laughs> well, it's not sports related. It's a they're, they're very uh, upsetting uh, sexual harassment issue. With there anyway. So uh, that's uh, our weekend bonus drops. D lots of talk on The Ben Jarofsky Show. Check them out,
0: chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky, or wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Joan is sending back the love. Thank you, Joan, on the live stream chat. You are awesome. How's it going? Let's talk about what happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. First off, the 2020 Olympics kicks off tonight. And boy, has a lot changed in Illinois since the last time this thing was around. First off, this feller's no longer around. Yay for our teachers! (laughs) Yay for our teachers! And this guy wasn't in charge. Face coverings. Secondly, well... A giant fevered contagious elephant in the room the newest olympian hailing from hell if you haven't figured it out yet yes i'm talking about that damn dirty coronavirus and thirdly this is new to the state of illinois ben you can now legally bet on olympic events ben jarofsky how do you feel about the olympics and also can you bet on an infectious disease just kind of taking over this thing
1: i'm sure uh, there's all there's all kinds of gambling uh, connected to uh, COVID. absolutely I'm sure there's like over unders, all kinds of variables, uh, and how COVID's going to impact the Olympics. That's uh, so. I mean, that's that's. I mean, that's where we are. Okay, and I know uh, quite a few gamblers out there. Uh, Benji, the bookie, has become sort of a regular uh, on our show, breaking down uh, sports from a gambler's point of view. But if you're going to talk Olympics. I, I have to go on uh, on this tangent, this riff, this rail, this rant, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the powers that be love to call it rants. Like, there's no logic to it. Oh, my God. There he goes again. Little ben with his, Olympic rant, with his just... Olympic rant. I've heard it so many yeah. times. I've heard it so many times. I'm not, I'm not going to listen. Hello. I'm not going to listen. Let me just tell you this right now, Chicago. You dodged a bullet when the International Olympic Committee decided not to give Chicago the Olympics and said they gave it to Brazil and just <laughs> brought nothing but devastation for Brazil. And everybody in the city of Chicago had signed off on a D. Whenever I hear Olympics, it's kind of ruined the Olympics for me in many ways. And I love the Olympics. Or I used to love the Olympics. Even now I track and field, I'll probably be watching track and field. You know, I, I'll probably be watching USA basketball. Uh, you know what? Who am I kidding? I'll be watching the swimming. I mean, I love I love sports. Everybody knows that boxing. But I just like the whole concept of Olympics is so whacked, like this whole notion that it has to be this huge, gigantic Olympic village. You have to rebuild stadium. You have to have new venues. If we wanted the Olympics in Chicago, we had Soldier Field. Everything could have been at Soldier Field, all the uh, track and field events. You know, there's Olympic swimming pool over in uh, uh, Portage Park. You could have had all the swimming events there. There's an Olympic diving facility over at Northwestern. You could have had all of it. We already had all the facilities. We live in a world where our environment is destroyed. We're destroying our environment with climate change. Why do we insist every four years to rebuild an Olympic village? It's insane. And yet everybody in Chicago, pretty much everybody, every uh, cultural leader, every corporate leader, Every editorial leader, yes, you, Tribune. Yes, you, Bright One. Yes, you, all you TV stations. You signed on. It was like Mayor Daly's huge diversion from all the scandal and corruption of the four years before the Olympics. He goes, I know what I'll do. Oh, propose the Olympics, come to Chicago. And everybody's like, oh, wow. Well. All of a sudden, everybody's a cheerleader. Everybody a band. There was like a handful of malcontents. Me. Tom Tresser, Pat Hill, you know, like all the outsiders in Chicago. And we were right, of course. I mean, duh. Want evidence of it? front, The pages are filled with articles in both newspapers today about the Michael Reese development on the South Side. And they're all proclaiming it as a tremendous triumph of economic development in the city of Chicago how smart we are, how great we are, how wonderful all of our leaders are, that they've come up with this way to transform this old hospital complex that's been shuttered for years. What they really kind of don't accentuate is that the same sort of consortium, if you will, of powerful, smart, brilliant people, were the reason why it's laid doormat for so long. That was the site of where the Olympic Village was going to go, my friends. Your mayor that you elected time after time after time got your city council, which you would have elected time after time after time, to dedicate close to $100 million in your property taxes to buy that land. I try to tell you. I I don't care if I'm saying, you know, I was right. I don't care because I was right. You know, it doesn't happen that often, D, right? Yeah, but what's your second favorite event at the Olympics? Uh, Probably mm, either boxing or swimming. Boxing, maybe second, swimming, maybe third, basketball, fourth. But anyway, back to Michael Reese Hospital. (laughs) Don't try to distract (laughs) me, young man. Oh, I saw that was clever. Dennis is like, Ben, that was four years ago. Please concentrate on the future, not the past. No, 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 no. Oh, no. No, no, you're not getting away with it, Chicago. Uh, you're not ducking and dodging your way out of it. Oh, my God. You see, you guys are like little cheerleaders. Mayor Daley had his Olympic proposal. Everybody in Chicago, oh, I hope we get it. Oh, but we'd be so wonderful. We get it. He was going to take over your parks, all your parks dedicated to Olympic events. Like I said, they couldn't just have... The track and field at Soldier Field. You couldn't just have the basketball at the United Center. You couldn't just have the swimming in Portage Park. You couldn't have the diving in North. No, no, no. Got to build a new swimming pool facility, diving facility, track and field stadium, Olympic Village. So he spent $90 million or $100 million buying up the land. It sat fallow for all these years. And now you're gonna—they're see, <laughs> they're like, well, we're gonna sell the land for ninety million. And they won't—what they don't tell you—the math of it all. Like, uh, yeah, well, there's thirty million dollars that gets gonna go to build new roads for this development, and there's sixty million dollars that uh, is going to go uh, to um, clean up the toxic waste in the area. I may have that reverse; it could be sixty for the roads, thirty for the toxic waste. Well, doesn't matter. The point is, and that's just a preliminary estimations. That's preliminary decision. We all know. Come on, Chicago. You know this. It's going to be a lot more money. That's what, You know what my favorite Olympic event in Chicago is, D? Watching the estimates of how much these projects are going to cost. Balloon. Oh, it's a great Olympic event. The ballooning of project cost. It'll only cost you. Here's the initial uh, meeting. It'll only cost you $10 million because we're so smart and wise. Then the dude who said that. It's long gone in 20 years when we realize, oh, my God, it was really 100 million. Whatever. You know what? It's hard for me to criticize this particular deal that's going down at Michael Reese Hospital because it is taking a site that was abandoned and putting it to some use. So I'm not really railing and ranting against that, but I am railing and ranting against the public amnesia. Like, well, we don't want to think about the bad news about how we all jumped aboard this Olympic bandwagon that cost us a hundred million dollars to buy up this land. And it just sat there doing nothing for all these years. We're just going to forget about that. We're just going to forget about that. We're going to forget about all our entire, you know, we make fun of MAGA wants to rewrite history doesn't want to face the realities of what, uh, slavery? We got a lot of history rewriting going on here in the city of Chicago, ladies and gentlemen. So D, when you mention Olympics to me, as much as I want to talk about, you know, uh, Jesse Owens, or Bruce Jenner, or Kip Kino, or who else, some of the great, uh, Doug Collins driving for the basket in 1972. All these great George Foreman in 1968. Yeah, before he sold grills. You didn't know this, D. George Foreman was an Olympic boxer. You're He's kidding not. me. The grill guy? Come yeah. on, dude. I knew that. <laughs> that was so many. Tommy Smith raising his fist in protest. John Carlos. I have so many Olympic memories, ladies and gentlemen. So I can go on and on with Olympic memories. But my prime Olympic memories, the city of Chicago going, oh my Mayor Daly. We're so excited about your Olympic dream. I hope we achieve it.
0: Well, do you, you, uh, I'm just going to keep going on the Olympic kick here. Uh, Do you think that was because you were young and kind of innocent that you liked all the Olympic stuff or something changed between
1: then and now? That's an excellent question. Young man. Uh, You know, yeah, a lot has changed. Uh, I think when I see uh, the waste of money yeah, you're absolutely correct. Something, shape. That's a good question. I hadn't even thought. Good question, Madam Mayor. Good question. Okay, I hadn't thought about that, and that was not in the pre-show uh, question. <laughs> none of this is really. You know, <laughs> you forgot all of it. So really, none of it is. <laughs> no, but it's true. If I may use you as my therapist, D. Back in 1968 and 72 and uh, 76, I'd be watching the Olympics. I was young. I was innocent. I just kind of bought into the whole notion of the Olympic as this international event that was bringing all the people of the world together. Oh, so much has happened. I mean, uh, the uh, Israeli athletes getting killed in uh, 1972 in the in Munich Olympics, and uh, just and then the all the post. Olympic after Olympic, the horrific overruns that we saw, the, the, how much money it cost to build these stadiums. And then we would see, there would be articles about how they just sat there, not used in the aftermath. I was like, what a waste. So, yeah, D, as I got older and wiser, I became more hardened and cynical. It was hard to jump aboard the Olympic bandwagon. And then, oh, my God, wait, we don't even talk about steroids. Like... <laughs> Like the the Russians and the East Germans taking steroids, cheating in the Olympics, massive amounts of cheating going on in the Olympics. How the Olympics becomes a political tool. Nineteen eighty, Jimmy Carter boycotted the Olympics because the Soviet Union they were going to be in this, in Russia and Moscow and the Soviet Union invade Afghanistan. So it becomes a political tool. So yeah, yeah, yeah. D, I've I've I'm much. Jaded guy then now than I was then. Yeah. Young, innocent Benny Girovsky back in 1972. Oh my god. I gotta watch Kip Kino. I love Kip Kino, great runner from uh, Africa. And uh yeah, I'm a different guy, D. I'm a different guy. I'm hardened and cynical, jaded. And I can't quit this two packs a day cigarette habit. I got uh <laughs> <laughs> don't really don't really smoke, ladies and gentlemen, but just did that. Ah, gotta cut this down. <laughs> By the way,
0: uh, my favorite event: fencing. For what it matters, really like fencing. Fencing's fun.
1: Yeah. I, listen, D, won't lie to you. There was <laughs> back in the day, if it was sports related and it was on TV, I'm watching it. Wrestling is sumo a thing? Is, is that sumo wrestling? No, it, uh, what it Greco-Roman wrestling? Ah. Not sumo. Greco-Roman, like guys would wrestle. You know, not wrestling like you like. Uh, like obviously, obviously, (laughs) come on, not that kind of wrestling, but I'm talking about you know, guys getting that state. Do you ever do wrestling in high school? Oh my god, tangent within a tangent. I hated wrestling, way too much closeness with another human being. That's number one, number two, way too much sweat being exchanged. Do you have an older brother? I do not have an older. There you brother, go. No. That's that's my experience wrestling. When you're a little <laughs> brother, you're an just older brother wrestling. Polarized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do a lot of wrestling. I went out uh, for wrestling at Evanston High School. For, I lasted one day, and I go, Yeah, this is not a good idea. This is not a productive use of my time. I think I'll just go home and eat a pop tart. I'm just picturing you in the tights and the headgear. That's awesome. <laughs> all right.
0: I didn't get that far. I just wear. It was tryouts. Okay. Yeah, good call, Kathy. What happened
1: to the no sports on this show? Yeah, we threw that out the window. Sorry about wait, wait, that. Wait, Kathy, I went on a rant about how he used the Olympics to waste money, but then it was Dennis's fault. He made me do it. Blame Dennis.
0: Go ahead. All right. Now let's discuss the week that was for our Illinois governor, one Jeremiah Bullfrog Pritzker. Big news on the big feller this week. But before we get to that, Governor Pritzker signed a few things into law. For instance, he signed a bill to expand access to contraceptives in Illinois, allowing, among other things, pharmacists to issue birth control. Isn't that right, Governor? Trained pharmacists using the same screening forms that a physician would use will be able to provide 12 month prescriptions for hormonal contraceptives, whether pills, rings, or patches, to a patient directly over the counter
1: good good job probably wouldn't have happened under bruce runner another reason why i'm happy that jb pritzker's our governor and not bruce runner good job jb pritzker or as uh, hillary clinton would say well no she would say it like this good job governor good job
0: On the COVID front, Pritzker delivered the bad news on Thursday. Illinois saw nearly 2,000 new COVID-19 cases this week, the highest daily total since early May. Now, we're going to be talking about Lollapalooza later on here. But, Mm. Ben, your initial thoughts when you hear
1: this. Well, it's really hard to avoid a Lollapalooza conversation, but I'll do my best to do so uh, because that's really on my mind. But uh, obviously, this. and by the way, folks, again, i got to promote the David Ferris uh, conversation because he really went on a riff on this. Uh, But the reality is this, we have a way of preventing the spread of uh, the virus and it's it's called getting uh, vaccinated. Uh, And there's tremendous reluctance on the part of lots of people to get vaccinated. And so now we're going to deal with the consequences. And I don't know where it's going to take us. I fear where it's going to take us. I dread it. D uh i don't want to go back to the days of masks I, as it is i still wear a mask but uh required masks and you know i was was this was it on uh this show yesterday or was it in a interview i did i was talking about uh no it was a uh an interview i did uh, after the show probably with david ferris there was the pandemic there was post-pandemic, which is when we took off the masks and said, "Yay, it's over! Yay for our teachers!" And uh, that's when uh, we'll get to it. Uh, Mayor Lightfoot and uh, Doctor Awadi did that Lala commercial. That was post-pandemic. Oh, now we're post-post-pandemic. We're like, uh oh, uh oh, uh-huh. that may have been premature. Post-post-pandemic, which was we're not quite where we were when the thing before the shots. But we seem to be heading in that direction. It is a mess. It is a mess, my now, friends.
0: Now, over the weekend, Pritzker's office was quoted in the Daily Herald saying, uh, there's no plan to implement any additional mitigations now that there's an abundance of vaccine available and accessible across Illinois. Ben, after our highest daily total since early May, do you think the governor
1: still feels this way? Well, he's going to feel this way until after Lollapalooza. Let's put it that way. Because they're Again. Holding back. I'm talking about Lollapalooza. But uh, Governor Pritzker and uh, Lori Leifer for reasons I'm not quite sure of, are really dedicated to getting Lollapalooza off the ground this year. So uh, it would be really premature to impose all kinds of social distancing requirements while at the same time saying, let's rock and roll, ladies and gentlemen, on the lakefront. So uh, I think we're going to put off any kind of discussion on... Um, you know, uh, tightening uh, controls from mandated masks, mandated social distancing until after Lollapalooza, that is for certain. And then there's the political fallout. I think I think J.B. Pritzker's political people are worried about going into the campaign season uh, with, uh, you know, that old, the fight between the maskers and the non-maskers. And the, he may not be able to avoid it, D. You know what I'm saying? They really wanted to be in that post-pandemic world. You know, or we could pretend like the whole thing didn't happen. But reality has a way of hitting you in the head like a George Foreman punch. How about that? Wait, the grill guy?
0: (laughs) And you mentioned his campaign. Well, we finally got our answer. And while we. Kind of knew it the whole time. Boy, did we get a lot of content out of pretending like we didn't. People, get ready for another year of nonstop internet and television ads. And for the record, I love puppies. Oh, yeah, baby, because Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker made it official. He is running for a second term. Shout out to Shia Campos in Illinois Politico for her coverage on this. Top-notch work here. The governor spelled out his campaign narrative in a video. What's the video about? You guessed it, his uh, handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. In this video, Pritzker would like to remind all of you that in the midst of chaos, he followed science and exhibited compassion. Pritzker hints at Donald Trump in the video, saying, In Washington, science took a backseat to politics. But in Illinois, we knew the stakes were too high. I have the audio. Like to hear it. Here it go been this thing's about three minutes so let's just see how much of this we can get through maybe we'll like pause it and throughout the show we'll keep playing it I a deadly mystery virus The deadly new virus spreading around the world how serious is this from the beginning J.B. Pritzker knew we
1: faced a serious threat
0: we're ready to put the full weight of the state behind a full-fledged response. This is coming. We're going to have to live with it for a while. So let's get ahead of this thing. In Washington, science took a backseat to politics. But in Illinois, we knew the stakes were too high. This is not a time for politics. Um, we have too much to do to save people's lives. I want to be 100% clear about what will drive my decision-making in the weeks ahead. Science. Governor Pritzker remained focused on protecting the lives and livelihoods of the people of Illinois. J.B. Pritzker unveiling a new effort to get personal protective equipment and testing kits in the hands of health care workers. There's more help on the way for Illinois families struggling during the pandemic. The governor announcing that the state will cover emergency child care for
1: those on the front lines. The governor announced a life raft for small businesses.
0: And when the time came. That's one minute. Wait was that the guy uh, The last guy the
1: butter cow guy life- <laughs> It could have been the butter cow guy <laughs> It could have been the butter guy A life raft for small businesses It, it may have been I think it was the butter cow guy. <laughs> That's your takeaway huh That's the butter cow guy But no, I just I know it's it's like uh, That's what you heard Ben That's what you heard It's just the last thing literally you played And then you, you say Ben what do you think I'm like well what do I think I think that's the butter cow guy. All right, let me tell you what I think. That's a classic case of a a post-pandemic commercial. Now, Remember I said there's the pandemic, there's the post-pandemic, and now we're heading into the post-post-pandemic? That was a post-pandemic commercial, D, where the governor steered us through this dangerous, dangerous disease and has led us to safety, and we're now to thank him. All right, and that commercial is... (laughs) <laughs> predicated on not paying attention to the pandemic that's about to hit us again because 40% of the population just Mm-mm, not going to do it. I don't care what you give me. You give me refer, I'm not going to do it. You give me money, not going to do it. So, D, that's a, it's a classic a post-pandemic pandemic commercial uh and it's it's intended to herald the fact that we had a strong leader uh, at a time of crisis and i give pritzker credit you know d i've been always given pritzker credit i've been uh easier on pritzker I've given him more credit than for instance lori lightfoot because pritzker has to deal with a politically divided state and when he says this is not a time for politics I understand what he's saying, but the reality is that the pandemic uh, was politics was a part of the pandemic. You can't divide one from the other. It's all it's been turned into a political game. Every single person running against Pritzker is still going to try to use the notion that Illinois suffered because uh, J.B. Pritzker clamped down on the economy, forced social distancing, made closed businesses, ordered some businesses closed, and made us wear masks. So you can't avoid the politics in the matter. Uh, But I give Pritzker credit. I absolutely give him credit. He did not buckle uh, from the pressure, uh, the political pressure that he faced during the pandemic. We shall see where we're heading Going forward D It's going to be a whole new world The post Post pandemic world Alright like I said We're one minute into that
0: We're going to play the rest a little later But Ben uh, Your first minute of this video Let's put your uh, Put your head inside A uh, guy who's downstate Maybe just put a Pritzker suck
1: sign up in his yard What is that guy thinking uh, When he sees this commercial Nothing It hasn't changed his mind His mind has, is unchangeable he, They had to pr- I'm going to let you in a little secret folks I've let you on the secret before. I have a source of information from downstate Illinois. It's a secret source. And I'm not going to reveal that source. I will just give him like a name to identify. So you Guys, know it's me, and to. I don't have a Pritzker suck
0: sign <laughs> anywhere in my yard. Just, to, you know, let everybody know.
1: And we'll just say the source's name is Doctor. We're just going <laughs> to allude to the source's doctor. And this goes back to 2019. 2019. It's the butter
0: cow, which has nine hearts to represent the nine essential nutrients in milk. That's right. It's made entirely out of butter. And, it, you know, it's a state fair tradition since at least
1: 1922. You nailed it. I think that's him. <laughs> that's the guy, man. I know my butter cow guy. <laughs> so, since 2019, before the pandemic. This source that we are calling doctor, I'm not giving any more hints, so don't try to get me to tell you who this source is. Not going to tell you, folks. Okay, he has a beard. Yes, that's all I'm going to tell you. Okay, he does his job out of an apartment. No more information. Okay, he got a new job, makes more money than I do. No (laughs) more information. Not going to tell you. This source, the doctor, showed me these Facebook memes or whatever they call them ripping Pritzker. This is before the pandemics. So D when you ask me, what's the Pritzker hater from downstate thinking he's thinking he hates Pritzker and he just hates Pritzker. He hated Pritzker before the pandemic. He hated Pritzker during the pandemic. He hates Pritzker. Now he just can't stand the big feller. So this commercial is not for him. This commercial is for is to fire up democratic voters To make them appreciate J.B. Pritzker, maybe uh, aimed at some swing voters in DuPage County, you know, who are uh, going to be have to consider J.B. Pritzker versus D.B. Darren Bailey. That's a tease for what is to follow. And uh, so that's who this is aimed for. But there is no way, D, the guy who put up the J.B. Pritzker sign in 2019 is going to have lived through this pandemic and emerge saying, you know, I really like the job that J.B. Pritzker's done. I'm going to take down my J.B. Pritzker su- sucks signs and put up a D.B. sucks signs. Can you imagine that? Darren Bailey sucks signs. <laughs> By the way, say that 20 times. Not that easy. <laughs> Darren, <laughs> Bailey <sucks signs. laughs> Darren Bailey sucks signs since 1922. <laughs> <laughs> My
0: initial reaction to a downstater would be skip ad, skip ad, (laughs) skip ad. Uh, I think you're right. Now, remember, at the moment, Pritzker doesn't have a Democratic primary opponent, quite frankly. that's not true. It's two. I'll get my sources on that. I'll get my sources on that right now. Newsroom, get on it. (laughs) They're working on it. We'll get back to them in a minute. We will see. He may, he may not. I don't know. The newsroom's working on it. The governor is expected to rely on Republican candidates' own words to fuel attack ads during the general election. According to one very honest Democratic political consultant, who kind of sounds like personal PAC CEO Terry Cosgrove when the microphone's <laughs> off, the governor's Republican uh, opponent will quote, trip over each other trying to kiss Trump's ass.
1: <laughs> Wait, is that from She column? Yeah. And 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 she didn't name the person. What? No, okay. Here I go. Here I go. With one of my tangents. Why not name? That's a great quote. <laughs> TC, if was that was you? Was that you, TC? <laughs> that does sound like a TC
0: quote when the microphone is off on the Benjirovsky show.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, TC will be returning to the Benjirovsky show next week. Uh, that's what is that called? D when you? Uh, that's you know, uh, called the, the tease. You're embarrassing us. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs>
0: So he said this consultant, maybe Terry Cosgrove, said um, the governor's Republican opponents will, quote, trip over each other, trying to kiss Trump's ass. And every time they say it on camera, they will make their own negative ads against
1: themselves. Uh, It could be Joanna Klonsky. Okay, just throw that out there. Uh, Now I'm like trying to guess who the, the I just don't understand why the identity is shielded. It's a great quote. And you're a Democratic consultant. So it's like, it only helps you. I don't know. D, I don't know why people don't want their name used. I know. I'll tell you this, but it's only background. So many people say off the record when they talk with you. With me? Yeah. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? That's, everybody does that. You know, as soon as they find out, and it's really weird. Because you can, this is a tangent within a tangent within a tangent. But let's say I'm having a conversation with, uh, I don't want to Let's say I'm having a conversation with Alderman Billy Bob. Oh It's the- <laughs> Billy Bob, there's a lot on the Ben show.: Alderman Billy Bob will go, let's just do this on background. All right, background. Let's see what Billy Bob has to say. Billy Bob will say, uh, "The mayor sucks." OK. All right, well, you're coming on the show. So once Billy Bob gets going, guess what's coming out of his mouth? The mayor sucks. It's like, "Wait a minute, Billy Bob, you said the exact same thing on the record. Into a microphone that will exist forever, that before the interview, before the conversation officially started, was on background only. I just liberate yourself, people. The world's not gonna come to an end. If you're quoted in Shia Capo's newsletter saying, What did she say? That the Demo- the Republicans are gonna trip all over each other? Why is that name kept from us? I don't know, D. Do I know. I know, D. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Ben, you're making too much of this. We should move on. More important things in the world. Just say it, D. Just say it. And about those
0: Republicans running against the governor, when asked about the downstate hog farmer, Republican Senator Darren Bailey and the other two Republicans vying for the chance to unseat him, the governor called the GOP field a mess and said he's not going to address challenges that they've got as a party and all the varying views that exist among the Republican candidates. Well, if he's not going to address them, we will. First up, (laughs) come on, dude. Those gloves will come off eventually. Uh, First up, Darren Bailey. Now, while he can't display how he really feels about Pritzker's announcement, which is, ah, shit,
1: there goes my chances of winning. (laughs) There was a window there, man. There was a a nice little window he had, right? By the way, Lumpen just went out the window. Speaking of windows, Lumpen went out the window because of a certain word that young doctor said just there.
0: Okay. Lumpen (laughs) played today. I thought you were talking about today's show. Like, oh, my God, did he send you an email?
1: (laughs) Uh, That's inside conversation, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Go go ahead. Check us out on Lumpen Radio. Okay. Uh, L-U-M-P-E-N. Look it up. All right. But, yeah, uh, Darren Bailey, he had a little window there, didn't he, Ben? Yeah, very little
1: window. Darren Bay was, please, big feller, don't run. Please, big feller, don't run. From one big feller to another, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be a great sumo wrestling. DB versus JB. And there went our chances of getting Pritzker on the program. Oh, yeah. Look, Pritzker is going to come on this. Show. I mean, we had a window. We had a window. Uh, <laughs> D, I got to tell you right now. You're not working for WBEZ, okay? Well, you yeah. know. We will get we, But, you like know,
0: it, hear me out. It, with a new campaign comes a new chance to possibly get him on the show, and you just ruined it right when he announced, two days after, way to go.
1: Okay, Here, here's a pre-show <laughs> prep between me and the Pritzker people. Uh, what questions will you be asking the governor, number one? And number two, we can only allocate five minutes of time. He's very busy. Uh, we think we'll be calling it at 1.15, but it may be 1.30, we'll keep you posted. Thanks! I'll just put my life on hold for you. Okay. The, you know what? You're going to be on WBZ, WTTW, the Chicago Tribune, the Sun. You know, I mean, you don't have to be on the Ben Jarovsky show. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jay. I didn't mean to. I know you really wanted us to <laughs> interview. Remember we interviewed him? Yeah. The old days? Yeah. Yeah. It was the old days uh, on radio. And you told but... him he flip flopped on radio
0: about <laughs> Obama. <laughs>
1: I did the wonder he will ever- strike one. He's like- <laughs> after that interview, he turned to whoever his press person was. and goes, whose dumb idea was it to go on this guy's show? <laughs> and he had so, Susanna Mendoza come on. Uh- oh, yeah. Oh, my God. What a memory. I forgot that. He's not a bad guy, governor. Oh, he wasn't governor. Then. JB, he's not a bad guy. Here, I'll come on with you. Oh, my God. Chris Kennedy went nuts. Goes, oh, he was chicken. Wouldn't come on your show <laughs> with, without Susanna Mendoza. I'll come on without Susanna Mendoza. All right, okay. <laughs> uh, ah, the good old days, D, before they fired me. I know, I know. Now I'm in a closet. Okay. <laughs> and I'm in an attic that's <laughs> overlooking a. Wait, hold on. Let me see if that porta potty's still there. Is it? Yep. Oh, disgusting. It, that porta potty is, has survived disgusting. the pandemic? Disgusting. Is it still orange? Oh, uh, hold on. Hey! hey! Pulling one person in a porta potty at a time. There's three people in that porta potty,
0: and yes, it's still orange. Oh man, this is maybe one of the longest running jokes we've had on the Ben Jarofsky show: the porta potty. <laughs> yeah. where were we? Darren I Bailey. Can't remember, Darren we Bailey. Oh, yeah, big, big. <laughs> song. <laughs> Darren Bailey said things like about governor's uh, re-election. Today, our failed liberal governor, J.B. Pritzker, announced he's going to attempt to buy another election. Billionaires like Pritzker cannot relate to the struggles of working Illinois families. And, of course, the obvious question, how many pigs is that city boy slaughtered, huh? (laughs) Uh, DB. We have a little audio from DB. Shout out to Fox 32 Chicago and Mike Flannery.
1: He's destroyed business. He's trying to destroy church. He's trying to destroy our law enforcement, destroying the the lives of our children with shutting down their schools. I mean, there's nothing right about this. I'm actually elated that the man's running again because he needs to pay for what he's been uh, put Illinois through. So it looks like quite a battle royale next uh, summer. All right, Flannery, that's Uh, Oh, Flannery, (laughs) a battle royale next summer. D.B., Darren Bailey versus J.B., J.B. Pritzker, but Willie Wilson. I could see <laughs> the interview with Willie Wilson. Reparations for Louisiana, but Chicago. Sorry, every time I see, hear Mike Flannery's voice. By the way, w- D., I'm going to ask you a question. The roles oh. are reversed. Okay. <laughs> That's the roles being reversed. He said, and I quote, I'm elated that he's running for reelection. Do you believe that Darren Bailey is telling the truth when he says, quote, I am elated that the billionaire who has more money than anybody else in the state to air commercials around the clock bashing me? If I'm the uh, Republican nominee, I am elated that he is running. Do you think he actually believes that? Yes or no. <laughs> Dr. D.
0: Come on. You know, he was habit of habit in all day long. I think they edited out a part of that video where he was like, Can I borrow a million dollars, please? <laughs> and Flannery's like,
1: I like you, Darren. <laughs> Flannery. <laughs> Willie Wilson. Sorry. I didn't need to do the Flannery invitation again. But come on. Just, ah, the good old days. Mike Flannery on the show. Remember when he was on the show, D?
0: Oh, yeah. That was awesome. He, he looked exactly like uh, how he looked when he was on TV. Like, he, I guess he had, he had to do the show, right? Right before?
1: Yeah, and they dashed over to. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, that was really awesome. We appreciate that, Mike. All right. Uh, in addition to Bailey, Pritzker's current Republican rivals include suburban businessman, parking lot prodigy, and in typical Benny J. Show fashion, a guy whose name I believe we've been mispronouncing <laughs> for about half a year now. No big
1: deal. No biggie. Uh, <laughs> Gary Ray Bine. Oh, that dude! For a second, I thought it was going to be Larry Curly Mo Shemp, but no, no. yeah, Gary Rabine. We've yeah. been calling him Rabine for the last.
0: I half just year. follow
1: your lead. I have no idea. No, I followed you know your Rabine? lead. You said it on the phone one day. I'm like, all right, I guess it's Rabine. <laughs> Wait a minute, time out. Put it from a friend who. Sorry. Um, how do you know it's Rabine? where you? I was watching the news. He- the guy
0: made the news. Way to go, Rabine. He made the news. Yeah, and they're like Gary Rabine, and I know they do more research than us. Who <laughs> was it, Flannery again? I can't remember. Oh, okay. I was watching like WGN, and they're what like, "What were you watching the local news for?" That and it's I like watching the know? local news. It's nice yeah. every now and again.
1: Yeah, like every other year. Yeah, uh, you every know, day. every few months, it's nice. Uh, yeah. So Gary Rabine, my apologies to the entire <laughs> Rabine family for mispronouncing your name, but you're pathetic. He's the one. Uh, who's who said he he, he wasn't going to comment on whether the election was stolen. Remember that, D? Remember that one? You know, he didn't want to alienate MAGA. Well, you know, I, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Really, what matters is taxes. Oh, I see, you know, <laughs> claiming that the, the election was stolen doesn't matter. Uh, proposing bills throughout the country to take away voting rights of people, make it more difficult for people to vote uh, on the basis of a lie doesn't matter. None of it matters because you don't want to alienate MAGA. mega. Mega. Talk about mega. <laughs> I'm Gary Rabine. MAGA, I love you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, but, uh Gary, about the tough, I got, I can handle the tough decisions. Okay. How about this one? How about criticizing Donald Trump for just perpetuating a lie? How about that as a tough decision. By the way, uh, going back to listen to Darren Bailey talk about how, how all this we're, we're about ready to hit. <laughs> like I said, the pandemic, there's a post pandemic on the horizon. Riders on the storm. Just thought of that song. For those
0: who comes. don't like that, we don't do song of the day. You get like six
1: of them every Friday. So, <laughs> I know. Think about Riders that, Frank. <laughs> Here it comes. We we're gonna have that you're you're gonna have the chance, DB Darren Bailey, to chide the governor again. That is correct. Because thanks to you, the pandemic's on its way back. Thank you, Darren Bailey. Go ahead, D. All right. So that's uh, Gary Rabine. Rabine issued his own statement. By the way, I'm not convinced 100 percent that it's uh, Rabine. I think it could be Rabine. I'm just saying. You think you heard it.
0: (laughs) Like I said, I got a feeling the news on TV does
1: way more research than we do. Yeah, but maybe you misheard it. Maybe you were listening to music at the same time. I don't know. And you thought you heard Rabine? Okay. See right, well, okay. Rabine.
0: Uh, we got his statement. He said the people of Illinois cannot afford four more years of J.B. Pritzker and his radical agenda, and the last two and a half years have been a disaster for Illinois on J.B. Pritzker's watch. Governor Pritzker has raised taxes, increased spending, and signed into law some of the most radical, far left legislation in the nation. What
1: what is he talking about? Rabine or Rabine, what are you talking? Radical legislation. What are you talking about, reefer? Is that the radical legislation? I'm trying to think of what legislation that is so radical and so detrimental to the people. What, the bill that requires that uh, Asian American history be taught in school? I'm trying to think of what radical. Be scared. Be scared, Illinois. Radical. (laughs) I'm trying to think. I can only think. I mean... I know it can't be gambling because all the, all the Republicans voted for the gambling bill. So maybe it's reefer he's talking about. Why don't you come right out, Rabina Rabine, and run against reefer? I want you to come out and say the law legalizing marijuana cannabis is really radical and dangerous. Because, like, D, I can't think of anything, like, scary and radical that Governor Pritzker has signed into law. I'm trying to think. I don't know. Radical. So he's radical. He won't even, like, state something. By the way, where was Rabin or Rabai when it came to uh, Bruce Ranner not producing a budget? Oh, wait, there he is, under well, the table. Hey, honey. now, I
0: heard it was a good year for him in parking lots. Dude was busy, all right? Okay. Who's going to pave them parking lots? Yeah. <laughs> You're
1: right. I forgot. <laughs> Wait, hold on. You can come out under the... Come on out, Rabin, Rabine. Come on out from the table. Ooh,
0: haven't heard the out from under the table bit in a while. That was great. <laughs> I missed that. I didn't realize how much I missed it until I just heard that. Hold on. DB's under there, too. Come on, DB. Come on. All right. <laughs> That's awesome. I love the old bits. Uh, also running for governor on the Republican ticket, former Senator Paul Schimpf of Waterloo. And uh, we do have a quote from Paul Schimpf. Oh, wait, do we? No, we do not. He's very forgettable, this Paul Schimpf, ben. <laughs> oh, Hey, What's that? Oh, the newsroom's flagging me down, Ben. What a coincidence. The newsroom. Oh. Yeah, I think we have some information here. Hang tight, everybody. I'll be right with you. Won't be long. Hey, give me the story. Come on. No, it's Rabine. Rabine. And what?
1: It's Jarofsky. <laughs> they don't even want to pronounce your name, dude. And he's not a doctor. Stop calling him a doctor, okay? Oh. Ben,
0: I stand corrected. We actually do have a quote from gubernatorial candidate at the moment, Paul Schimpf. Uh, Shout out to the newsroom. Thank you very much, newsroom. Paul Schimpf, Republican candidate for Illinois governor, issued a statement on Pritzker's re-election Monday, calling his time in office the Pritzker leadership deficit. (laughs) I kind of like it. Quote. In three years, J.B. Pritzker has demonstrated he has neither the vision nor the leadership skills to unite our state. Simply put, Illinoisans deserve better. They deserve a leader with common
1: sense who will renew our state. Is that the entire quote? That's it. Well, we have a response from uh, Paul Schemp's strongest supporter. Ooh, wise guy. (laughs) (laughs) Because he looks, his name's like the stooge. Ooh, ice guy! and then he just poked me in the eyes ooh, that would, ooh, he hit me in the head that's Shemp's greatest there you go Republicans you got the parking lot guy who's too cowardly to take a stand against Trump's claim uh, on the election being stolen you got the guy who uh, Paul Shemp the, whose biggest supporter is Larry Curley and Mo and you got the hog farmer for Downstate who I'm not even sure is a hog farmer by the way that was something Dennis said I think he is. Is he? I know no, a hog farmer when I see one, all right? Uh, I, I don't think it's hogs. I think it's soybeans. I don't know what it is. Whatever it is. Well, uh, we got
0: a pressing question for this gubernatorial candidate.
1: <laughs> 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 but DB, come on now, DB. Now, let me ask you this. The Pandemic's about to hit us again. And we had the pandemic. We had the post-pandemic. we're So here... I'll tell you what, this will be an DB, Darren Bailey running for a governor as a Republican uh, with a record of having opposed mandatory masks, shutting down businesses and uh, social distancing, having gone to court to say it was an unwarranted intrusion on in our liberties and the governor should not have done any of it. So just imagine how many more people would have died if we hadn't done that. And now we're going to have a new pandemic ravaging. Downstate Illinois, where the levels of unvaccinated people far exceeds that in other communities, that'd be a really great platform to run on. I believe in liberties. Yes, you should have the liberty to die. Okay, that's your, that's your, your Republican Party. Republicans, good luck with that one against the billionaire. Just saying. All right,
0: so not a fan of Paul Shimp. I don't know. I can't tell. And uh, oh wait. The newsroom has more. Way to go. Damn, newsroom. Two for two. Thanks to the Chicago Sun-Times, we've learned that there are actually two Democratic gubernatorial challengers for the governor. All right, you were right, Ben. Two Democrats, West Side (laughs) Nurse Beverly Miles and Keisha Smith, have also launched bids.
1: Yes, and I want to thank the Chicago Sun-Times for uh, teaching me that, because I read the Sun-Times every day, Dee. Yeah, read the Chicago Sun-Times, home delivered, and they've done a good job of giving uh, these two long-shot candidates an opportunity uh, to, I don't know, state their case. I don't think there's any chance that either one will defeat J.B. Pritzker in a Democratic primary. Just saying. I doubt very much that he'll debate them. Just saying. But at least we know that they were ele- at the moment, at the moment, D, by the way, it's not official. They've not officially... Presented the state with their nominating Petitions don't forget that young man Uh But at the moment Uh there are two clear candidates Running for Democrat uh, uh, Governor uh, In the Democratic primary yes
0: Now there are still a few big question marks on the Republican side of the gubernatorial election Lake will representatives Rodney Davis or Adam Kinzinger if they decide to jump in, that can change. It seems like they're both waiting to see how redistricting plays out. If either is pushed out their congressional district, a run for governor is possible. Both are moderate than the three other GOP candidates. All right, we know all that, Ben. Uh, Kinzinger, you still say no. No,
1: I don't, I don't believe he's going to run for governor. And by the way, when they say moderate, this is how... Uh, this is where we are politically moderate in this sense does not mean moderate economic issues. Cause I don't think there's any difference between Adam Kinzinger and any other Republican running when it comes to taxation. Moderate in this sense does not mean uh, on choice issues because I know there's no differences between Kinzinger and big Feller, uh DB. And uh, I have actually no idea what we're Rabine being a Robyn's position on. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, You're still choices. not sold. I think it's Rabine. Uh You know, I don't know. And you know, it's till I have definitive proof. Uh, So I have no idea, but my guess is uh, they're probably the same because the takeaway from the 20 what is the 2018 gubernatorial election in this state is that no republican can win statewide uh, get a nomination being pro choice so uh, terry cosgrove has led has taught us that very well and he'll be on the show next week to talk more about it so there's no difference on all the issues the only difference what makes him quote unquote moderate is that he does not subscribe to the notion that there was fraud in the last election he does not subscribe to the notion that Donald Trump actually got more votes than uh, Joe Biden he does not subscribe to a lie in other words that makes him quote unquote moderate and and that's just like how just our whole perspective about what where we are politically is so warped and so weird and twisted right now so i would just say like Does moderate, I wouldn't say it's moderate. I just think it's logical. That'd be like if I was still professing that there was theft in the 1972 presidential election because my beloved George McGovern got swamped by Richard Milhouse Nixon. That would be illogical. So if there was a Democrat who said, no, Nixon actually won, that wouldn't make him moderate. That would make him logical. I don't know. If they, anyway, so I do not believe Adam Kinzinger. To answer your right. question, I don't believe he's
0: going to run. That's Kinzinger, but what about Davis? Because he sure sounded like an opponent Monday when he tweeted criticism of Pritzker. The tweet read, here's a snapshot of the at J.B. Pritzker record. Pushing tax hikes. Embracing corruption. Executive incompetence. Failing our veterans. Abandoning police. J.B. Pritzker is just another lying, failed politician. <laughs>
1: He tweeted that? Yeah. Does that sound like a gubernatorial candidate? Does that sound like a future gubernatorial candidate? It does sound like a future. Rodney Davis, if J.B. Pritzker is a lying, failed politician, what's Donnie Trump? Huh? Who lies more, Pritzker or Trump? I'd say Trump lies more. Who's had greater failures as a politician? Donnie Trump has never won, actually won an election. Rodney Davis just saying. He lost in 2016. Popular vote. And he got clobbered in 2020. He lost to some old guy who goes play the radio, talk to kids. He did. Got swamped. So I don't know, me? But you're right, D. That sounds like he's ready to throw his hat in the ring. Does yeah. he have a better chance than Darren Bailey? Would you say? Yes.
0: Yeah, I think so too.
1: I think he has a better chance than Darren Bailey, and so that means instead of getting like what 40 percent of the vote. He'll get forty two percent of the vote. Oh, okay. Man. Oh, come on, from one big feller to a skinny feller. Don't run. That's Darren Bailey. <laughs> it's actually not bad. Let's dude it's a little higher, isn't it? Not more higher. Absolutely higher Absolutely. All right. I think that about covers it
0: for uh, the -hmm. Illinois news. So let's move on to the news in the city of Chicago. First up, a follow up from last week's story. Mayo Pete comes to Chicago. U.S. Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg held up the long discussed (laughs) extension of Chicago's red line south to 130th Street on Friday as reason to get behind President Joe Biden's one point two trillion. That's trillion with a T bipartisan infrastructure package. And he was not alone. Buttigieg was joined by Mayor Lori Lightfoot and nine members of Congress in a symbolic showing of solidarity behind one of the key items on Biden's domestic agenda, rebuilding the nation's roads, rails, bridges, airports, radios, and record players. Am I right, Ben?
1: (laughs) Yes, we are. And By the way, this is shout out to Mark Sims. Come on, Mark, get aboard it. Mark and I've had debates on this. I've been advocating uh, extending uh, the red line to uh, the southern, the city's southern border for years. Mark Sims going, I don't blame him for not doing it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so finally, better late than never. We'll see if it actually happens, but it should have been done years and years ago. Mayor Pete in Chicago, you're cutting ribbons. I, we haven't passed that legislation yet, D, just going to say. Biden has to figure out, by the way, this is more teased to the David Ferris interview We're talking about the filibuster. What's he got to do with the filibuster? Hasn't passed that legislation yet. So it's kind of a premature victory tour, I would say. But it's good that they're heading in that direction.
0: Nice to have you, Mayo Pete. And for the record, oh. I love puppies. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> It was supposed to be Joe Biden. Play the record. What happened there? I don't know know what happened there. Uh, We'll we'll work that out in the editing process. Yeah, we'll keep it in. That's kind of kooky. All right. And speaking of Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, she sounded the alarm on Tuesday. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. That one worked. She addressed the continuing COVID-19 pandemic, which is not looking good at the moment. Cases are increasing literally across the country, even in Alaska. The mayor said the city has to quash recent case increases or face the prospect of her reinstating public health restrictions to get the situation under control. Chicago has now added Florida, Louisiana, Nevada, and the U.S. Virgin Islands to its COVID-19 travel advisory Tuesday. City Health Commissioner Dr. Allison Arwadi urged people to reconsider traveling to those places but never mind the literal thousands of people coming from those regions of the globe because it's Lollapalooza time, baby. Now, Lightfoot expressed concern about the Lollapalooza uh, Lollapalooza Music Festival, but said she has no regrets about allowing the multi-day music fest. That draws crowds of roughly 100,000 daily. And uh, someone please tell him that neither the Steve Miller Band or the Eagles will be performing (laughs) this year. Because Governor Pritzker said this week that he himself will be at Lollapalooza, despite the uptick in cases, saying if you're vaccinated... You are safe. The mayor said average daily new cases in Chicago are up to 90 after dipping to 34 per day last month. Mm-hmm. Ben, did Lori Lightfoot make the right choice in allowing Lollapalooza to proceed as normal? And do you agree with J.B. Pritzker's comments?
1: Uh, let me see. No and no. I had to figure out where those questions were. And yes, I was complicated for a moment. I had that indecision that I had did. Went back it. it brought back a flashback to doing the SAT. Oh, my God. Is this the right answer? It could be the wrong answer. I got four choices. But no, no ridiculous. It's absurd. It's completely a mixed message. Masks in the mosh pit? That's the uh, headline in the Sun-Times, D. Masks in the mosh pit? Yeah, Sun-Times, yeah.
0: we gotta talk. You've officially jumped the shark with your headlines.
1: No, I know. Masks in the mosh pit? <laughs> oh! No, they
0: called no, it, it, online they called it the mask pit.
1: Whoa. Maybe they do that, let's see, hold on. Let me go turn to the article. Hold on, everybody. We got time. Alright, 7, 8, 9, and here we go. <laughs> here's the headline uh when you turn it to the actual article masking while moshing okay sometimes i don't know guys <laughs> yeah I, that's better I, I than think, mask pit i must say i'm just saying sometimes uh, headline writers put away the bong before <laughs> you do the headline okay uh all right that was just a joke i don't think they smoke reefer um but no, I, I I don't get it. I don't understand it as a complete and total mi- mixed message. And it goes back to what I was saying. There was the pandemic, there was the post-pandemic, and the post-post-pandemic. And uh, just as J.B. Pritzker's opening campaign commercial was a post-pandemic commercial, allowing Lollapalooza to continue is a post-pandemic decision. And we had a field day, Dennis and I did, a few weeks back. Uh, airing the uh, public service announcements that Lori Lightfoot did with Dr. Awadi, uh, promoting Lollapalooza. Remember that day? We and, sure did. Uh, and the whole thing was to sort of be a celebration because politicians, elected officials like Lori Lightfoot and Governor Pritzker want to be credited by the public for having steered us through a very difficult time. I understand why they want to do that. I understand why there's reason for them taking credit, particularly in Pritzker's case. Uh, but we are still in a very precarious time because the end of the pandemic is contingent on the number of people who get a vaccine. If we're not able to go beyond where we are right now, which I think, is what David Ferris was saying, is like 40% Refusing, just absolutely won't do it. We're still in a precarious situation, and I so I was thinking that day when I watched sixty-five thousand people cheek to cheek uh, up in Milwaukee outside the basketball arena where the Bucks were playing. All those cheeseheads, cheek to cheek, not a mask inside. I was thinking about it when I went to White Sox Park last Friday uh, with Adolfo. What up, El Dragon? We were we were the only people wearing masks, you know. And so yeah, it'll be happening at Lollapalooza, but. Pritzker and Lightfoot are determined to continue that post-pandemic narrative. And I don't know how much detail you're going to go in with this news, but this notion that, well, they're only allowing people in who, what, have the vaccine. Well, how are you going to prove that? I mean, there there are no... We could do, what was it, What was it? the passport, the vaccine passport? Remember that, D? Oh, can't do that. It's an infringement of our liberty. <laughs> so somehow or other, like a driver's license is not an infringement of a liberty. But proof that you got the vaccine is, I don't know. So we, I don't know how they're going to prove it. And then they have this thing, within 72 hours, you have to test 72 hours. How are you going to prove that if you don't have the, I mean, First of all, everybody is just going to say, yeah, I got the vaccine. OK, go on in. OK, go on in.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting uh, move from Pritzker. Very unlike the Pritzker we've seen in the last year, right? The dude who was on our TV every day. You know what I mean?
1: Both of them. Wait, I, can I just go on another tangent? This quote in the bright one home delivered is always Awadi Wadi uh, saying it's a balancing act. Facing the city, my big thing is, uh, are we concerned about the overwhelming, uh, overwhelming the health care system? Do we have a widely accepted, available, highly protective vaccine? If you're a vaccine, vaccinated, your risk is relatively low. Can't even get it out. Oh, here we go. Uh, the risk for event like this in a lot of ways, we don't worry as much about the large outdoor event as we do about indoor events. So they make a big deal. It's an outdoor event. This is quite a change from when the city kicked you off the lakefront. We're going to kick you off the lakefront. We're going to take your bicycle. We're going to close access to the lakefront. Remember that, day? Yeah. Because too many people were outside. So I guess I learned that being outdoors is not as dangerous as being indoors. But I got to say, riding a bicycle along the lakefront is a heck of a lot, in my humble opinion, means a heck of a lot less exposure to COVID virus than being packed in to... Lollapalooza, but so yeah, the city's changed, and the governor's being really tolerant. And I got news for you, D. This, you know, what this reminds me of. This reminds me of, and boy, this is ancient history. This back in March was it when they the governor did not want to uh, delay the primary. So as the COVID fear was expanding, he was still saying, "Go vote." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then as soon as the election was over, not there long. All right, that's over. You know, so, yeah, mixed messages there have been mixed messages on COVID from the get go. This is more of the same masks in the mosh pit. They're determined to have this festival. J.B. Pritzker went to work to get Illinois vaccinated. Illinois is winning the race when it comes to the vaccine rollout. Strong leadership helped get us to the other side of this crisis and help bring us together as One Illinois. It's a long ad. There's way more, but... Yeah, that's enough. Uh, one Illinois. Uh, wow. I wish it were so we were One Illinois, but as Dennis has taught me, we're like Three Illinois. No, that's mm. according to Robert Marshall. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Very well done Robert Marshall of course gubernatorial candidate in 2018 who said I'm going to divide the state Up into three districts here's the map he Came on the radio so here's the map he goes, I can you know. Then he was willing to compromise with me On the show well, All right, We don't have to have this map it Could be a different map <laughs> okay. uh, Any chance
0: of Robert Marshall trying to run again
1: No I don't think so uh, Now here's a question if you had a choice, and only this choice, who would you vote for for governor? Darren D.B. Bailey that or is Robert correct. Marshall?
0: Oh, my God. I, I, <laughs> where do I live? <laughs> what
1: state am I in? <laughs> what a choice. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what a choice. I go with Marshall. Yeah, what a, you know, I go with Marshall. All right. Mm -hmm.
0: And we're just going to get right to the big Chicago news of the week. The following comes from, once again, Illinois Politico, Shia Capos, and who are we kidding? More than likely, a Mayor Lightfoot PR team presser. We talked about it Thursday with 35th Ward Alderman himself, Carlos Ramirez Rosa. The Chicago City Council this week gave its blessing to a new civilian commission Wednesday overseeing the Chicago Police Department, a move that in principle has been decades in the making while aimed at improving transparency and rebuilding a trust frayed by episodes of misconduct. Creating the seven-member panel is a product of years of frustration and heartache etched into the public's mind with victims like Laquan McDonald and Anjanette Young and cops such as John Burge and Ronald Watts, who abused their authority. Mayor Lightfoot said in an impassioned speech, uh, quote, all if the communities do not trust police because they're not legitimate to them they will not be effective in their most core mission uh the vote was 36 to 13 ben we talked with carlos about it your thoughts
1: well first of all it's absolutely necessary i agree with lori lightfoot's comments uh and we we've we talked about this particular bill uh with carlos ramirez rosa yes and i urge everybody to check out that conversation if you haven't but we on the issue of crime, I've had many really, uh, I thought, insightful conversations, uh, Jason Lee, Troy LeRabier, uh talking about like police strategies mm-hmm. and what's an effective strategy that we should follow uh, if we want to use our law enforcement uh, to bring down crime. And I, it's pretty obvious that we've not ha- had an effective policing strategy in the city of Chicago ever. And so maybe this will be a step in the right direction. Uh, what Carlos was pointing out yesterday is he told a story of how long it took to get this measure through the city council and how uh, the mayor flipped at the last moment and went from opposing it to suddenly being open and negotiating over it uh, is the peculiarities of politics in Chicago. We are ostensibly one of the more liberal cities in the country, but there is a, sh- a strong conservative what minority in chicago and carlos was getting at this 13 uh, aldermen voted no and they were largely from the northwest and southwest sides and the downtown community Uh, downtown chicago has now become a law and order bastion for politics politicians and so uh, their worldview is that any oversight of the police department is somehow or other encouraging lawlessness I, i quite don't Understand the logic of what they're saying, uh, because the reality is that this current system enables them to participate uh, in police policies as well. And so, part of the the the, the new law will have elections in each police district uh, throughout the city. So, fraternal order police is um, free to support, nominate uh, candidates to run who will articulate their worldview. And they'll probably have some people who win Uh, downtown uh, aldermen, Brendan Riley and Brian Hopkins are free to endorse candidates who articulate their point of view. So I really don't understand why uh, being anti-democratic is in anybody's um, works to anybody's advantage. So it's a very important piece of legislation. Uh, I think it's the first step. D, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, We're going to probably be talking about this for a long time When those elections come around Those first elections and all these candidates emerge Some supported by the Fraternal Order Police Some supported by the downtown business community Some supported by uh, Carlos Ramirez Rosa The Chicago Teachers Union Lefty Chicago You know what I'm saying It's going to be democracy And I welcome it And I'm hoping that uh, From this experiment in democracy we emerge with a uh, what a more logical strategy uh at policing i'm hoping for that d <laughs> that may be illogical for me to even have that hope but that's what i'm hoping for
0: uh michael girardi joined the live stream chat michael girardi what's up uh, he says here spoiler alert this new policy will change absolutely nothing what do you think about that
1: well, I know what he's saying. I'm uh, he's saying that uh, on several key matters that when the mayor can still uh, hire and fire the police chief at will, so she doesn't have to abide by whatever the council s- says to her. Uh, and so much of police uh, policing in Chicago is dictated by the union contract with the city. This doesn't affect that. Uh, and uh, there's Probably a good chance Here I am, I was on such a high of happiness Michael Girardi, now I'm coming down (laughs) to earth (laughs) You know, for once in my life I wasn't jaded, cynical And just, uh, I understand where he's coming from You know, it's it's just like In in many ways we've created What, a new system for. I remember this with the schools We've gone through this with schools With local school council elections And then there was the backlash that gave That undercut the local school councils And gave all the power to the mayor so we could see those days return, yes. Uh, but at this moment, Michael Girardi, I think that you should write a new song called uh, <laughs> "Ben is Hopeful." How about that as a new song? <laughs> Against all odds, Ben is hopeful. But I see, I could totally re- understand why someone would be exceedingly skeptical. And I will point out again, and this is uh, really important. that Carlos mentioned there is it's a minority, but it's a strong minority in the city of, of conservative you know, uh, Donald Trump, what did he get? 16% of the vote in Chicago D? I can't remember. Actually, I should know. I should have memorized that, but I can't remember. Let's say it's 20% just to be safe. That's 20% isn't going anywhere. And so that 20% will definitely express itself uh, when it comes to policing issues. And so automatically they're against, uh, this, uh, this new commission. And then you watch, they'll turn right around and start running candidates to sit on the commission. Uh, and, um, So, we'll be having a very proactive public debate on these things. And ultimately, as Michael Girardi is pointing out, the power will still reside in the mayor. Kathy on the live stream chat says,
0: Lori's full of shit. Oh, Kathy!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Watch it. Lori, uh, by the way, Lori Lightfoot is already taking a a victory uh, lap on this one. I, I mentioned this yesterday. I've already received an email. Uh, from her political action committee uh, saying what a great job she did. So, yeah, I guess the mayor's team just decided, you know what? We're going to uh, end this uh, right now, pass this, water it down enough so the mayor has control over hiring firing police uh, chief and then pass it and claim victory. Should have done the same thing on elected school board, by the way, Mayor Lightfoot, instead of fighting that, although she may ultimately flip on that one, D, and proclaim victory. And you watch, Chicago's like, yeah, she's a great mayor. I'll vote for her. All right, so that's the
0: uh, city news we got for the week. Uh, but, Ben, there's a few things you wanted to mention, like the uh, article here from one Mr. Andy Grimm. Oh, my God. We haven't heard from Andy Grimm in a
1: while. Uh, oh,
0: yeah. Scabby the Rat has returned.
1: Yes. I want to give a shout out to Ed Maher, a uh, good friend of the show. Very good friend of the show. Without Ed Maher, there would be no show. Uh, Ed Maher. Where is this? I'm trying to find the Scabby the Rat. He had a great quote. Uh, in the pa- What page is it? All? Here we go. Uh, Ed Maher, spokesman for uh, local uh, 150 oh. operating engineers. Yeah. So anyway, Scabby the Rat is that big inflatable rat uh, that unions uh, trot out uh, at protests. They, they Bob Ryder brought it to uh, our little rally for the Chicago Reader way back when in 2016, and uh, so from time to time, uh, corporate America tries to get uh, Scabby the Rat, uh, what, uh, a pro. A prohibition keeping unions from bringing out Scabby the Rat. And it goes before the National Labor Relations Board. And they invariably, corporate America loses. Uh, and in, it happened again. In a three-to-one decision Wednesday, the National Labor Relations Board ruled that Scabby's towering presence at union protests is protected speech that does not violate labor law against coercive behavior. And they turned to Ed Maher for comment. And he said, quote, There are two decades of local governments and employers testing whether inflatable rats in Chicago and elsewhere are protected speech, and Scabby always wins, Maher said. Good job, Ed Maher. That was pretty funny. Scabby always wins. So, yes, it's protected speech. Come on, MAGA. Come on, corporate America. If MAGA has the free speech right to denounce Democrats as radical thugs, then unions have a free speech right to bring scabby out to the rallies. Here, here.
0: And one more thing I know you wanted to mention, uh, Mr. Robert Shaw.
1: Robert Shaw. Oh, my God. Uh, man, am I showing my age. Uh, Robert Shaw, may rest in peace, former alderman uh, from the Ninth Ward on the far southeast side of Chicago, twin brother. Uh, he had a twin brother, uh, who, William Shaw, who died a few years ago. And Robert Shaw was a character with a capital C. Uh, Robert Shaw and I were in absolute opposite ends of pretty much every political fight uh, there was in the city of Chicago. He was machine, a machine politician uh, th- it, through and through. He got a start on the west side. I'm doing this off the top of my head. In the 1960s, he was a precinct captain for Ben Lewis, the alderman of the 24th Ward, who was gunned down in 1963 in his office. That, uh, was, that crime was never solved. And uh, then Shaw and his brother uh, William moved to the southeast side and they established a political base there. Uh, And eventually Robert Shaw was elected alderman in 1979 and he made the foolish decision. And I I told him not to do it, not that he would listen to me. He made the foolish decision to endorse Jane Byrne in the 1983 uh, mayoral election. Uh, And there was a revolt. The black community overwhelmingly voted, not just for Harold Washington, uh, in the uh, ensuing election to be mayor of Chicago, but against any black alderman who was with Jane Byrne and uh, Robert Shaw. He ran for re-election. He lost in 83. I think it was Percy Hutchinson, Perry Hutchinson. Uh, and then he uh, was victorious in 87. And he was the most pro-Washington <laughs> guy in the world. He learned his lesson. What a character. Robert Shaw I used to love. And you know, i get together with him from time to time. At Wallace's, Wallace's Catfish Corner. He was always available to reporters, even a guy like me that he never agreed with on anything. And uh, so what a great character. Chicago character, Robert Shaw, former alderman
0: of the Ninth Ward. All right, everybody, remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J. Bonus interviews, and so much more, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky or wherever else you download a podcast. Check out this weekend's Benny J. Bonus interview lineup. Ben, remind us again who we got. David
1: Ferris, Mary Wisniewski, and
0: Joanna Klonski. It's going to be a good time, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky or wherever Else you download podcasts, send us an email, bennyjshow at gmail.com. Leave your comment, and there's a good chance we will read it on our program. And you can call our show. As you can hear, my phone works. So, <laughs> 708. I'm, I'm waiting for your call, guys. <laughs> 708-658-4788. 708-658-4788. Call the Ben Jarofsky Show. We would love to hear from you.
1: All right, very good I want to give a big shout out Thank you to the man, the myth, the legend The pride and Joe Allen and Without whom the show would be possible I also want to give a little mini shout out to Google Thank you Google for letting survive Another week Resurrect that bridge Uh, (laughs) uh, Give yourself a raise Both of you, take it out of petty cash Have a great weekend everybody State Water Survey at the University of Illinois Prairie Research Institute. Which is Illinois State Home Ecologist Trent Board. Temperatures this past week ranged from the low to high 70s across the state, between 2 and 4 degrees below normal. July to date has been 2 to 3 degrees below normal statewide. You may have noticed the haze on clear afternoons this week brought to us by wildfires burning in the western US and Canada. Along with the haze comes potentially hazardous increase in particulate matter in the air. The EPA rated air quality on multiple days this week as hazardous for vulnerable individuals across the state, such as those with respiratory issues, young children, and the elderly. For the first time since late June, central Illinois had a mostly dry week. Seven-day totals ranged from less than a tenth of an inch in northern Illinois to over two inches in far southern Illinois. All areas south of Interstate 88 have been wetter than normal over the last 30 days, and most places in central Illinois have been four to eight inches wetter than normal since mid-June. 20% 20% of soybean acres are setting pods compared to 23 normally. Soybean conditions were reported as 11% very poor to poor, 29 fair, and 60% good to excellent. That is an improvement from the previous week.